Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Night. Uh, this is where you'll find me. Alice Whitemore has joined. Getting the numbers up. That's what we like to see. Corin is in the house. Pick up yourself, Corin. Nice to see you. Um, so uh, you know the drill. If you've got any questions, then uh, fire away. If you haven't, I've got some preordained ones, so don't panic. Uh, I've got it covered. Um, I'm going to kick off if that's okay with you and I'm going to kick off with this one right here which goes something like um, can a can a hernia mesh be removed at the same time as a 360 degree tummy tuck three this is obviously well obviously it's a person asking you didn't think we make these questions up do we this is obviously a person asking um, who wants a 360 degree tummy tuck so the 360 degree tummy tuck part of this question is irrelevant it's basically with the tummy tuck I mean the fact that you're going around the back is irrelevant because the hernia mesh um, is going to be at the front you wouldn't put a hernia mesh at the back um, I'm probably gonna get viewers writing in now saying you might put a hernia mesh on the back I don't think you would would you I can't think of it anyway the hernia is usually the anterior abdominal wall where you'll have a hernia and they'll put a mesh on so this patient this patient's obviously got a mesh there and they're saying can it be removed now it can be removed but I wouldn't remove it unless there's a problem so my question I don't know the details of this case if you're on which is extremely unlikely because um i mean you might be it might be you that's on if it's you that's on that's asked the question then uh, come back at me and give me a bit more details but um if the hernia mesh doesn't cause you any problems then i would not remove it they usually got a bit of giving them and the problem is that the mesh becomes incorporated within your tissues um and and is actually not very easy to remove that's one of the kind of problems with mesh but that's the idea of the mesh it becomes incorporated into and, and sort of strengthens your abdominal wall and scar tissue grows into the mesh so it does become incorporated rather than being a separate structure that's that's easy to remove so it actually be very hard to remove and they can be quite difficult to remove and so unless there was a really specific problem you wanted that mesh removed then I wouldn't remove it um, not least because number one they're hard to remove. Number two, the mesh is there usually because they're trying to strengthen your abdominal wall because you've got a weakness, you've got a hernia, um, and you haven't got enough of your own tissues to, to, to close the hernia, to close the defect. And so the mesh is put to support that, um, you know, that closure and that repair. A bit like, you know, a sinking ship that's been torpedoed, got a big hole in it. You can't stitch the hole together. Maybe a ship's not a good example, but, you know, you put a patch on it because it's metal. Metal's not a good example. Um, darning like a hole in a sock, yeah? And if you you haven't got enough to close this, the hole because it would change, you wouldn't be able to put your foot in the sock if you closed the hole, so you have to put a patch on it. So then if you're going to take that patch off, you still got the hole. So what are you going to do? Put another, you know, so it will be an absolute nightmare, basically. It'd be an absolute nightmare to remove the mesh. And the more I think about it, well, in fact, even when I thought about it at the beginning, I thought, no. Um, if there was a very specific reason that you did want the mesh 
were being removed, then I would probably personally, I would probably talk to a general surgeon who are the, uh, you know, an abdominal surgeon who's probably the person who would have put the mesh in in the first place, maybe not the, the same person, but the sort of the type of person who put the mesh in the first place for advice on it um, to say, look, what do you think? And, um, you know, I guess remove it and then a new one on, but putting a new mesh in at the time of a tummy tuck. But well, now we come into the 360 degree tummy tuck where that is relevant because a 360 degree tummy tuck's got a higher complication rate than a standard tummy tuck. And so complication rates, including wound healing problems, infection, which are a bit of a nightmare at the best of times. But if you've got a mesh in there, if you've got a fresh mesh uh, in there, then the worry is that the mesh gets infected. And then that really is uh, an, an potentially epic problem, headache, nightmare. So uh, world of pain there. So my feeling just on the basis of the question is I would not remove the mesh. I would just, I can certainly still repair the diverification of the rectile muscles. So sometimes if you have a mesh, maybe from a belly button repair or something in, in the midline, and people worry about repair, repairing the muscles, you can still repair the muscles and you just placate the mesh basically. You just, um, when you repair the muscles, you're not actually repairing a hole, you're just tightening the, the corset sort of thing you know the space between the, the muscles you're just tightening it together so you don't actually cut any muscles or anything like that you're just tightening it so um if the mesh was in the middle of that course it's sort of thing i would just repair over it and just tighten it that way um and i would and i would always just leave a mesh and kind of ignore it really i'd kind of ignore the mesh and usually they're just a bit of uh, a, a hard scar tissue that you can feel in the area um, and, and you just ignore it and just carry on going as it is. You probably would splint it a bit and make the repair of the diverification a little bit more difficult, but, you know, that's definitely the way I would approach it rather than even thinking about removing it, um, in my humble opinion. Do we offer breast augmentation for transgender patients? So we've had a few of these recently, and uh, the answer is no. And the reason that answer is no is because it is not... Um, a sort of subspecialty, really, that I've um, I've got into. So transgender uh, um, surgery is a it's a branch. So it would be a plastic surgeon who specialises in breasts. Also, urologists, gynaecologists, obviously, get involved in that as well. But the breast aspect of it is certainly where I used to work in the NHS, a City Hospital in Birmingham. They um, they all went to Guy Stern, who was one of my colleagues there. And he was part of the MDT, the multidisciplinary team, which includes psychologists and endocrinologists and, as I say, gynecologists, urologists, all the people involved in um, that that whole um, sub subspecialty. And so he's tapped into those people. And so he um, so therefore I don't I don't do it. And he uh, and, and I think there probably is some nuances of it um, that 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 uh, he would probably bring to the table as well. So I think there are nuances of the surgery, but the main reason I don't do it is because of the multidisciplinary backup, uh, which is required. And uh, that is something that Guy has got. Um, and so I normally say to people, look, Guy works in the area, lovely person, fantastic surgeon. So, you know, why, why what's not to like, um, go go with him. So yeah, that, that's just the way it's 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 worked out. Uh, in my um, 
in my region. There's usually one person who does those surgeries. Um, do we offer liposuction for males to remove fat from the buttock? So this is a quite specific question. In principle, you can do one. One can do liposuction of any part of the body. Um, in principle, if someone has some fat somewhere, you can remove it using liposuction. In practice, for cosmetic liposuction, there would be certain areas that I would be what I would consider standard and I'm not one of these people and I was talking to some plastic surgeons about this at a meeting a couple of years ago it must have been now because of all the COVID it must have been a few years ago now um and you know I think a few of us there are some people who do a lot of liposuction they tend not to be plastic surgeons not many plastic surgeons do a lot of just liposuction as a sort of standalone procedure and certainly I'm one of those plastic surgeons that don't do a lot of liposuction as a standalone procedure. You might think, oh, he's doing liposuction all the time. I like doing it. I like the technique. I think it's a lovely thing to do because it's you can change the contours significantly with quite um, you know very small uh, scars. So it's a it's a great concept. But I don't actually do generalized liposuction very often. I my most common uh, liposuction procedures are combined with a tummy tuck to the hips and flanks and with a male chest for gynecomastia. Those are the areas that I really do quite a lot of gyneco uh, a lot of liposuction for. I don't do much liposuction um, as a standalone procedure. And this inquiry where someone's saying, well, I do liposuction um, for a male to remove fat from the buttock, my instant knee-jerk reaction is no, um, because it just, it does, doesn't sound like something that I could, make look good just just on the face of it now having said that if there is a localized swelling if there's like a lipoma or a, uh, an asymmetry or something like that maybe that that's a little bit different so that's that'll be the only um case where i might be be okay for this but if it's just like i don't like the shape of my buttocks <clears throat> liposuction it's just something I've never seen with someone with a, a big buttock that wants it liposucked down. I mean, people often want the buttocks enhanced, but someone with a big buttock who's not sort of big elsewhere. So that that that's the thing about liposuction. A lot I've had people say, "Oh, you know, I've got loads of money, don't want to do the gym. What can you do, doc? How much how much lipo can you do?" And that is really a total red flag for me. It's like a no. That's a no from me because it's not a fat well i was gonna say it's not a fat removing process I mean, obviously it is a fat removing process but it's not for just generalized fat removal it's not like oh just get it off my tummy get it you know just do some liposuction um it is a targeted thing for areas of fat that are resistant to weight loss so if you are overweight if you are unhappy with your weight don't have liposuction you are not a good candidate for liposuction if you're overweight and you want to lose weight, you should lose weight. Um, <coughs> I haven't got any answers for that. God knows which I did. And I know it's difficult. But it, liposuction is for people who've lost weight, who have resistant areas of fat. So usually abnormal depositions of fat. Uh, and often, say, the hips and flanks on a, on a female is quite common. And that's why you often combine it with a tummy tuck. Um, but it's not really a weight loss procedure. And I've never seen anyone who isn't overweight who's got excess fat on their buttocks 
who might benefit from liposuction. Now, that's not to say this person isn't the first person. So it could be that it could be. But as a, but my gut feeling is it's a no. And um, and I don't think it's it's going to be a goer, as I say, unless there's some kind of localized area of fat that needs addressing. Sleeve it now, Bex. Have you changed your name, Sleeve it now? Sleeve it now. Get the sleeve. Best thing I ever did. Sleeve it now. Did you used to be sleeve by or guess? Anyway, there you go. Well, sleeve it now. Bex says that the sleeve is the best thing that she ever did. So good, in fact, she's changed her name to sleeve it now. Bex. I mean, that's how good the sleeve was. So yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, there's a, that's a whole industry in itself. Um, fat uh, weight loss, bariatric surgery. So gastric sleeves, gastric bypasses, these sorts of things are different surgeons to plastic surgeons like myself. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't do operations like sleeves and things like that. That would be a bariatric surgeon who would be a general surgeon trained. General surgeons, although they could general surgeons, they sort of basically abdominal surgeons. Um, and so um, they, they, yeah, that, that would be a different thing. So liposuction is not the thing to do. Uh, get the sleeve. Gastric, fantastic. What you got? What does a lump on the lymph nodes mean? Not inflamed, just separate lump. Do you know? Um, yeah, so a lump on a lymph node. So um, gastric, it probably wouldn't be a lump on a lymph node. It would probably be a lymph node. So um, uh, the lymph nodes can be enlarged. So lymph nodes are like in your neck, in your armpit, in your groin, uh, behind your knee, in front of your ear. There's a few little, little ones behind the ear, um, underneath your mandible. So there's a few places where you have lymph nodes and they can get enlarged. So it wouldn't be, a, and it would present as a lump. It wouldn't be a lump on the lymph node, it would be a lymph node itself. And that just means that there's some kind of um, something going on. It's pretty non-specific to be honest, a lymph node. A lymph node is just like this lymph is this like fluid which fights infection and treats problems. And so they get enlarged. If you've got a sore throat, for instance, you've got a throat infection, you get a, a, a often get your, your enlarged lymph nodes in your throat. Um, so if you've got infection in your arm, you might get enlarged uh, in large lymph nodes. Uh, sleeve it now. You, it means you have an infection if they're big. Yeah. yeah. So it, it means some kind of something going on. As I say, it's quite non-specific. Now we do worry a little bit in lymph nodes in terms of cancer because they can be enlarged with cancer as well. So just, you know, don't want to be, if, if there's any signs of cancer, if someone has a cancer in a, a known, certainly a known cancer in the breast or in their arm or in their leg, we would look at the regional lymph nodes, uh, the lymph nodes that drain that uh, cancer. So in the leg, it would be in your groin, as I say, there is a couple behind your knee, uh, but in your groin, in your arm, it would be in your armpit, breast, it would be in your armpit. So we'd look for the place where the lymph node drains to see if there's any enlarged lymph nodes, because that could signify the cancer has uh, spread to the lymph nodes so but a lymph node enlarged on itself doesn't necessarily mean cancer and it could be an infection or just some kind of non-specific viral uh, illness or something like that so it's just your body fighting something whether it be an infection or a cancer um it's it's just as i say it's a pretty non-specific thing and in the in the uh in the context of an infection so if you've got a sore throat and lymph nodes in your neck it wouldn't be anything at all to worry about it wouldn't be treated it would just be like, oh, you've got some lymph nodes up, you've got infection. When your infection gets better, you get better. If it's persistent, and if you persistently have large lymph nodes and you haven't got an infection, then you might want to go to your doctor and they might want to have a look at it and then do what, what needs to be done, which is like some imaging or something like that. Sometimes they put needles in it, all sorts. So, um, yeah, so in itself, nothing to worry about, but maybe something to look out for, particularly if there's no obvious infection going on. 
Sleep it now was yes by Dr. Egan. Dr. Ergin, yeah, there you go. Why do some people get spots on buttocks? It means you have an infection if they're big. Now, I think the infection if they're big, yeah, is referring to lymph nodes, not the buttocks. Um, why do people, that's a funny question, Sleep it now. I mean, I think the buttocks um, is a naturally hot and sweaty place. I think we can all agree on that. Um, and, um, and so, you know, it is prone to maybe... Um, you know, localized little, little spots, little abscesses, little abscesses is a strong word, spots basically, um, just because it's hot and sweaty. Um, but I'd be out of my comfort zone on this one now, see it now, what you got? Um, Lily Allen's joined. I think it can happen with viruses too. I had enlarged lymph nodes when I had COVID. There you go. So um, yeah, basically it can happen with any sort of, um, what would the word be? Fighting something, fighting, an, as I said, it could be an infection or it could be a, a cancer or or um yeah just your body fighting or something sleeping now jj i booked to go to turkey for breast reduction don't be mad i've done my research on the surgeon and 2200 well done sleep it now good luck sleep it now good luck with that i'm not mad um it's absolutely you know bang on well done have a nice time um and uh and uh wish you all the best with that so uh yeah i'm sure a lot of people get their breast reductions in Turkey and they're absolutely fine. And I'm absolutely sure you'll be one of them. Let's leave it now. So stay off your bum and stay cool. Yeah, yeah I mean, not yeah. I mean, that's the thing, that's the other thing. I mean, the, the, there's a specific, you say about spots on your bum, and there's a specific thing that you can get called a pyelonidal sinus, which is a really bad, you know, to call it a spot on the bum would be, would be um, an understatement. Um, and that is classically, they would call that um, uh, Jeep driver's bum because and well now because of the army thing but nowadays it'd be like it's lorry driver's bum you know sitting on on a in a car all the time um and it particularly happened in men because they've got hair on the back of your neck and little hairs would fall down into your natal cleft and wheel away in the natal cleft and cause a little abscess and a sinus and it's really hard to treat um hairdressers get them in the webs of their hands as well same sort of reason little hairs getting in there uh, but that's not really spots on the bum. So that's like sleep it now is actually a bus driver. Well, there you go. Sleep it now. You have to um, get up, walk around, uh, stay, uh, get off your bum as much as you can. Keep mobile. Keep your weight off. Right. You want to not get a pyelonidal sinus? Stop smoking and lose weight. Bad pyelonidal sinuses that don't get better are often in people who are overweight who smoke. So I'm not saying you are, but if you are, those things can really stop you getting that. Um, but that is, uh, look at that galaxy Tiberius. We've got a guys, we've got a comment on, uh, YouTube. So, uh, I wish we could ring the bell cause that is good. Thank you, uh, galaxy for commenting on YouTube. This is a sort of, this is a sort of, um, uh, what's the word exposure I need. This is the sort of, this is the start of something we're getting comments on YouTube. Should I get circumcised? Is it healthier? Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> I've got to be fully honest with you, Galaxy. I'm a plastic surgeon and I don't do circumcisions. General surgeons do circumcisions, not plastic surgeons. So I'm not an expert on circumcision. I do think there is an argument and I do think people who do advocate um, circumcision do feel that it is healthier because you don't get that sort of um, space, <laughs> if you like. So I think there is an argument to say that it is healthier, but I've got to be honest with you, Galaxy, my answer to that question is not an awful lot better than what the bloke down the pub would say. I'm not really an expert in this.
So I'm a little bit uh, loath to tell you like medical um, advice on, on circumcisions because it is not something I have done for many years. It, I did it in my training, but as a um, trained surgeon, it would not be something that comes my way. So I have not been in that world. Um, but as I say, as a, as a lay person, as a friend, Galaxy, as a fellow YouTube friend, I would say that I have heard that people who advocate circumcision say that it's uh, healthier. And you can kind of imagine why. Maybe, don't know that, you know. But uh, thank you for giving a comment on YouTube. And I'm sorry if I um, am not really... I hope that was all right. Um, what's going on on Instagram? So we're on Instagram as well, Galaxy, and Facebook, would you believe? Yeah. Um, what is going on? I'm a bus driver. That's what we get up to. Gastric, fantastic. I had a lump on the breast, but the ultrasound revealed a lump on my lymph node was so painful. They said the lump in boob is secondary. Girls get checked. Right. That's unusual, gastric. Usually the lump in the lymph node would be the secondary um, and the boob would be the primary. But if that's what they said, that's what they said. So, yeah, so get get checked. Absolutely. It is extremely common, sadly. Um, let's leave it now. I don't smoke or drink. I lost four stone with a gastric sleeve. JJ, you know this. Capitals. Let's leave it now. I wasn't talking to you. I was talking general. I was giving general advice to the community. So I'm sorry if I if, if you think I was talking to you. I wasn't specifically, specifically, right? I was talking to the general community about how we go about stopping pyelonidal sinuses, people. So if you don't want pyelonidal sinus, again, pyelonidal sinus will be treated by a general surgeon as well. So <laughs> probably wouldn't it only be sort of like really very rarely get involved with those. Um, but uh but yeah, sorry, you sleep it now. I wasn't casting aspersions, and I uh, retract any any uh, aspersions that might have been uh, perceived to be cast your way. Uh, a little, a little less, Natasha. I am post sleeve as well, and over six stone down. Six stone, wow. Uh, maybe two to three stone more, and now looking ahead to a mummy makeover. Way, um, yes, well done, a little less of Natasha. That is awesome. Six stone down and two or three stone more. Brilliant. Well, then, you know, absolutely doing the right thing, getting your weight down first. Absolutely 110%, not 100%, 110% the right thing to do that. He's on the wrong page. Don't say that, leave it now, because I'm, you know, I'm trying to build a YouTube audience, so we don't want to alienate Galaxy. If you're still there, Galaxy, you're not on the wrong page. You're doing the right thing. Stay with us, mate. Stay with us. Come on, leave it now. Let's have a bit of um, community sort of, um, you know, Let's welcome members of the community. Yeah. Um, it's not inflamed. It was a lump. Okay. Uh, they said it was amazing. They can see it now. So don't be put off. What are we talking about? Are we talking about lumps in lymph nodes still? Or breath? Um, wow. This chat is a little off topic tonight. <laughs> Yeah, Corin, do you feel like you're in the wrong page? I, I wonder if I'm on the wrong page. Maybe I'm in the wrong page. I don't know. You know, I will have a bash at anything. I mean, plastic surgery, breast and body is the main, is, is you know, I felt I was off topic with the buttock liposuction. But, you know, anyway, how do I know? Here we go. A little less of Natasha. Um, a little, sorry, a little less. How do I know when to start the process? And how do I know what kind of tummy tuck I would need? Mini regular 360 FDL. You've done your research a little less, Natasha. 
Um, really, you want to get your weight right first and you want to be stable with your weight before considering surgery on Natasha. So um, that is that will be the option. That will be the answer whenever you start the process. Having said that, you can start the process whenever you want because there's a lot to go through. There's a lot to think about uh, because, as you already know, there's lots of different types of tummy tuck. Um, and most people, I think I'm right in saying, most surgeons will um, see you after your initial consultation and not charge you. So whilst we often charge for the initial consultation, we don't tend to charge for following consultations. So if you have a consultation now and not going to have surgery for six months, a year, three years, two, 10 years, or not, no, even 10 years, anyway, you know, 10 years may be a bit extreme. But um, you you could, you know, you could do that. But um, so, so from a financially point of view, you could have it whenever you want because you can always come back and go over things and uh, information is power. So you don't want to leave it until you're ready for surgery and say, right, I'm ready for surgery when you can book me in because there might be a bit of a waiting time and there might be quite a few things to consider. So start whenever you want, but it, there wouldn't, it wouldn't be unreasonable to suggest that it would be good to start when you've lost your weight. If you want to lose a few more stone, it wouldn't be unreasonable to lose those few stone first before you see a surgeon although we do see people who are in the journey of weight loss just to talk about things. And um, what? how do I know what type of tummy tuck I would need? Mini, regular, or 360 or FDL? Um, it is based on you, and your anatomy, your views, your hopes, your goals, your expectations, and also the surgeon's experience, to be, to be fair. I think if you saw five surgeons, well, not some, some people are sort of, I guess, a bit more straightforward, but some people are a bit less straightforward and certainly the less straightforward ones um and you might be a less straightforward one if you've lost like what is it going to be eight nine sterling weight um you will, might see five surgeons and get four you know and get six opinions sort of thing so um if you've lost that much much weight a little less natasha i suspect it's not going to be a mini uh, not many people are candidates for mini mini's just for a little bulge above your um above your pubic area often people have had a cesarean section they've got a little bulge above it and that's really what a mini is good for so i reckon it's going to be a regular slash full call it what you will 360 on fdl i reckon it's going to be one of them and basically they get increasing scarring increasing risks increasing complication increasing cost but increasing amount of skin gets removed so increasing result so um, it's about balancing those two things up which is really where the conversation comes in right we've got finn mill when should I get circumcised, please? Now, I'm, I am beginning to wonder if I am in the wrong thing on YouTube. I don't know how YouTube works, if it's got some kind of um, algorithm. Finn, I don't know if you're basing that on Galaxy's comment, but I'm not really a circumcision guy. Um, I'm, I'm a plastic surgeon, and I do breast and body, like tummy tucks and stuff like that. So general surgeons do circumcision, so you, you need to do a general surgeon. So... Uh, yeah, sorry, Finn, I can't answer that question. But good luck, guys. Galaxy of Finn, all the best. And honestly, thank you for, for commenting on YouTube. So I think it is good to get comments. Uh, and I'm sorry I can't really do great justice to, to those comments. But, um, yeah. Um, uh, you can buy your own kit for that. Crikey, what can you buy your own kit for? Don't tell me circumcision. Anyway. Don't even buy a cut the circumcision there. Okay, okay, I believe you. Oh, I've lost, I've lost control. Well done, Natasha. Yeah, you go, girl. Absolutely, I love this. 
Lol, sorry, JJ. Don't know what's going on. This is so mate. Fanny, <laughs> my bad. At least 18 months with steady weight. There you go, gastric told you. They like to see you face to face so they can see your body to the side. Yeah. So we do. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Let's leave it now. We like to see you ex um, um, examine you and, 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 yeah. I mean, the way I do it, I don't necessarily decide. I talk to you about the options and say, this is what this could achieve. This is what that could achieve. What do you think? But yeah. Broadly speaking, I agree with that. Can I just address surgical tourism? Gastric, fantastic. Um, you can address surgical tourism. What do you want to address about surgery? What is it? The surgeon in Turkey did a video call so she could see my boobies. Lol. Why this is not okay? Good question. This is aftercare. Umbrella. Yes, JJ, on eBay. Get a grab and see. What is going on? Um, yeah, I mean... Surgical tourism is a big industry and it is a little bit difficult because I am not involved in that industry. I am not involved in surgical tourism. And uh, so you could say, oh, he's not going to be saying good things about it because he wants people to stay in the UK. Now, having and, and I do. I do think people should stay in the UK if they can. And I stick by that by people from abroad who want to come here. So I would say if someone was coming here from Turkey, I would say, look, have surgery in Turkey. I'm sure there's very good surgeons in Turkey. Don't come here. You know, or someone's in America or someone's in Copenhagen or someone's in uh, Prague or someone's in wherever. Uh, I would say, look, look for a local surgeon if you can. I mean, if you can't, if there's no one that does it or whatever, maybe you should you should go go abroad but it's it's quite a big deal going abroad you have the travel which you've got risks dvt pe things like that um and the main thing for me is i like i do do video consultations but i don't examine people on video consultations i don't feel that you can um i mean yes you can get an idea on pictures and videos and things like that but really for me anyway and this is just my practice i would say i would need to see someone in person before making a surgical plan and talking about what we can do. So that's just the way I do it. And I um, really believe that you mustn't underestimate how much you need might need help in the post-op period. With that word might, because you might not, you know, and that's why I think a lot of people are successful because a lot of people don't need help. They have surgery, happy days, job done, fantastic, end of. But there is a group of people who have problems bit of asymmetry, bit of swelling, bit of wound healing problems, bit of scar problems. And then that's where you've got to look at. And I'm not saying it won't be addressed if you go abroad, but if you do go abroad, you've got to look at how is that going to be addressed? Because I see a lot of people who come onto these live Q&As, who message me privately, who have got issues, who've got problems, and then quite soon post-op, and I'll say to them, look, talk to your surgeon. Don't talk to me. I don't know. I haven't done your surgery. And they say, I can't get hold of them. I've asked them and they've suggested I go to A&E or go and see my GP. Obviously, GP's going to be a bit like, What's it? how can I help? Um, so it is a, you know, you can't really go somewhere else to get your aftercare. If you have a problem and you're not happy with the result and you say to me, can I, you come and see me and pay me for a consultation and that? I'll be like, no. You, you, your duty care is with your surgeon. I won't see you for post-op uh help or advice because it, you're not my case i didn't do your surgery i don't know anything about what's done in the surgery it's up to the operating surgeon really and so um 
and sometimes you got to question why things are cheaper you know why is it so much cheaper abroad than it is in the uk and i i can't 100 percent answer that what i but what i can say is why it's so expensive in the uk because we have extreme amounts of indemnity which we couldn't even do the surgery for that sort of cost because we've got we've got indemnity so if you're unhappy with the result and you feel it's not right we are covered for many millions of pounds of insurance if there's any issues or any problems or any uh, out bad outcomes from that and also a lot of my week is spent doing clinics and talking to patients and looking after patients and looking at the scar and looking at the swelling and not quite right i'll see you again next week let's see how it goes and things like that i don't know you know and and therefore i have to earn more money operating because i only operate one two days a week um so you know i have to earn more money during that time i have to charge more money because the mo the majority of my week i'm doing clinics which i'm not getting paid for so when you come and see me for follow-ups, I'm not charging you. You come, I'll say, but come next week, we'll check that wound. None of that's been paid for. You've already paid for it at the beginning. That's why you can't just pay for an aftercare package. You've already paid for the whole lot in one lot. So you pay whatever a breast reduction is with me. I've got no idea, but probably more than 2,200. Um, but you can't then pay 2,200 in, in Turkey or whatever. And then if you're unhappy, come to me and say, look, can I pay you 1,000 pounds or 2,000 pounds or something for an aftercare thing? I'm like, no. That's why it's what is a breast reduction me? I don't know, eight thousand pounds or something. I don't know. I've got made that up, but it's going to be more than two thousand, you know. And that and that that might be why because I will see you every week if there's a problem, and I will see you in a in six months, in a year, in two years, in five years. Um, maybe the Turkey people will do the same. I don't know. And if they do, then that's great. But that that can be an issue if you get a little doggy, get a little wound thing. Um, are they going to look after you and are they do they have a process by which you can access help and ideally with the surgeon really i mean i do think i mean um i've got vicky at the clinic who's fantastic but if there's problems with wounds and things you know it, vicky will manage a lot of things but it will come we'll, we'll do it together you know i will be involved in it and you know all i can say is what happens in my practice but i um but i think oh god i've lost control of the chat again uh, get a grab and see you know on ebay it's all about research looking at cv looking at reviews lots and lots of research same as i did for my sleeve in turkey anyone should looks at victims of all victims of abroad botched right okay i have my sleeve in egypt but mainly due to the surgeon however for plastics i would rather stay in the uk if possible check your surgeons some make you sign npa npa what's an npa Right. Okay. Um, you yes, Cassie, there are lots of boss people. They believe they will be charged five k. They are scared. I don't need to be here. Look at this. <coughs> My GP is on board with me. So if I have a problem with their infection, he will help. Well, I've got to be honest with you, ga um, not gastric sleeve it. Um, I actually don't want people to go and see the GP with my for, for my patients. I mean, obviously they live far away and they need antibiotics. I'd, the GP might be able to help with that, but the GP doesn't see many breast reductions. So often you go and see a GP, and to be honest, it's not really fair on the GP. Um, and you know, if they're not seeing them all the time, they might not know. So I personally, I would say, look, if you're nearby come and see me or send me a photo and get on the phone let's let's talk about it i would rather be involved in it rather than getting the gp involved but that's i guess that's just me. 
He's been great with my sleeve in Turkey, does my full bloods. So it's the same guy that did the sleeve. They use fake balloons and out-of-date staples. Oh, my God. I've not got out-of-date staples. Good info. <laughs> oh, my God. What's going on here? They walk out of Gatwick straight into East Surrey. I had mine video and seen everything set up and all with infection. You really don't have to explain yourself, JJ. You're a fantastic surgeon on every penny. Oh, God, I don't know what's My sleeve has been fantastic. I know others have been problems. I've been lucky. If I could afford JJ, I'd be striking with JJ. I don't have any money. Whoa. Right. Okay. Yes, I send photos and ring my surgeon in Turkey if I have questions. There you go. Well, sleeve it. All I'm going to say is good luck, though. Good luck. And um, different different things for different people. And I'm sure a lot of people are happy in Turkey. Good luck with that. Um, Sarah, what you got, Sarah? Sarah, Facebook. That's what we want, some Facebook action. Would you recommend to start taking certain vitamins before a mum maker to help the healing process? Personally, no, Sarah. What I would recommend is... Don't want to be airy-fairy, Sarah. Positive mindset. I do think a positive mindset helps. I've seen it in my practice. People who've got a positive mindset get better outcomes. I strongly believe that. I think the older I get, I'm the more sort of spiritual. I did have some crystals here. Yeah, here we go. Crystals. Not quite sure what that is, but um, I've all written down somewhere. It's a crystal or something. That might be the communicating one, good communication. So I should, but um, but I do think positive mindset is important, and I would just say healthy diet, healthy balanced diet, weight stable, non no smoking, and I think if you have a healthy balanced diet, <coughs> you should get all the vitamins you need, assuming you're not deficient in anything. Um, so I don't recommend any vitamins now. If you want to take vitamins, if you feel that they're helping you, and again, there might be a I don't know if there's a physical effect or not. I don't think there's any harm. Um, personally, some people have got problems with certain um, supplements, but I haven't got any particular problems. But um, I don't certainly don't recommend taking any extra vitamins before a mummy makeover. Over and above, a healthy diet, stable weight. You know, if you have lost a lot of weight, you don't want to be in the weight losing phase. You want to be stable. You don't want to be in what we call the cachectic phase, the breaking down phase. You want to be stable with your weight. Healthy diet positive mindset and you're going to smash it that's my advice for that one um what's going on here um jj i'd sooner stay here in uk but after several quotes from 8 to 13k i just couldn't afford the money i get you sleeve it i get you i'm not fine but i would say sleeve it a bit like what you said earlier about the sleeve i've been lucky with my sleeve hopefully you'll be lucky with your breast reduction these are big ops and most of them do go well so I don't want to worry you and scaremonger and all that. Most of them do go. To be honest with you, I think that's the reason why there's so many cowboy, inverted commas, you know, plastic surgeons, we would call them cowboy operators, people who aren't plastic surgeons, people who aren't fully trained, people from all over the place doing these sorts of surgeries, who as plastic surgeons, we, I think, feel a little bit aloof, like they, you know, shouldn't be doing it and things sometimes. But the fact of the matter is, it has got a low complication rate. Cosmetic surgery has got a low complication rate. So you do hear horror stories, but it is extremely common surgery. So there is also a lot of people who are fine. And you just got to hope you're one of the fine people. So I guess it's a bit of a gamble, uh, but you might be okay. And if you're okay, then happy days. You saved yourself thousands and thousands of pounds. So, you know, don't be too like, you know, 
I don't want to be too like having a go or anything like that because I know probably there's probably loads of people out there who've had it done there, saving themselves loads of money and are extremely delighted. And people who have had stuff in the UK have had problems. It's not like the UK's of like non problems. You get people who have problems in the UK and people have no problems in Turkey and vice versa. Um, Sarah, thank you for joining in. Khan, lovely to see you. The UK government are advising us to avoid Turkey for surgery. We currently stand at 19 deaths. Look on gov.uk. <laughs> well, Khan, listen, sleeve it. I don't want to, me saying I don't want to worry you. Khan says that the UK government are telling us not to go to Turkey for surgery. I didn't know that. Sorry. Um, we got 19 deaths over there, apparently. Um, so sleeve it. Look on gov.uk because apparently we shouldn't be going to Turkey for gut, for surgery. Blimey. Here we go. Oh, what you got, Khan? Khan, this is on Facebook now, Khan is an admin on a group for victims of botched surgery. So Khan knows what she's on about, right? So she says, don't go to Turkey, but um, I don't know. Uh, what is going on? Uh, I'd soon say Stargazer has joined, talking about spiritualness. I'm on a bucket full of prescription vitamins after sleeve. Yeah, you do get, I think after a sleeve, you have malabsorption problems. So I think you do have to take vitamins after after bariatric surgery. My surgery in Turkey says stop all vitamins before surgery. Oh, right. Okay. Right. There you go. I feel sick. Right. Oh, dear. I've heard that many UK surgeons won't do multiple surgeries at the same time, yet the mummy makeover does still seem to be fairly common. What? It, what is the increased risk for doing both procedures? <coughs> the main risk, a little less, Natasha. Well, there's two things. One is the patient, and one is the 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 the, the surgeon or the surgical risk. So one is the the fact that it is a big knockback for the patient. So not all patients want to have tummy and breast at the same time. They don't want to. They think, oh my god, I can't face that. Um, so it's it's fine. Like it's a long operation, five hours or so. Um, so like you might think forget it I'm just going to get one done and then next year I'll get the other one done perfectly fine so that's one risk that it's a big knockback but there is surgical risks as well in terms of a longer anesthetic DVT clots in your legs that can fly up into your lungs and also the fact that you have got a risk of having problems in both areas if so a breast could break down or get a dog ear or something like that and then tummy tuck could get swelling or you know problems like that so you just got double the risk you know double the areas to worry about so, you know, there's, it is a big deal. I think you're right in saying the mummy maker is pretty standard in the UK that people, I think most surgeons are, are pretty comfortable with it. Um, when you're saying about surgeons not comfortable with multiple procedures, it sort of kind of depends on what you're talking about. Because sometimes people do um, arms and, and, and thighs or something like that. And you're like, if you're doing arms and thighs, then both your arms are out of action, both your legs are out of action. So I think a lot of surgeons will feel uncomfortable with doing that. You know, arm, so maybe arms and breast, yes, thighs and tummy, yes, but not arms and thighs. So, and also, you know, it depends on the length of the procedure. Maybe multiplying up bigger procedures is a bit more of a concern. But, um, but by and large, I think we are comfortable with it. Certainly with COVID, we were a bit, uh, a bit, um, uh, sort of reticent about doing these longer operations because of the longer anesthetic, but that's now seems to be less of a thing, although is it anyway? Um, so we are able to do longer procedures now, but um, but yeah, it's it's it is it is okay, but it it does have higher risks. Stargazer, what you got? Can you see a lot of improvement in skin laxity above the belly button with a full tummy tuck? I have some slight laxity here and was offered an FDLTT. Stargazer, yes, you can. Um, 
if you've got significant skin laxity, like a roll above your belly button, like and below your breasts, then I would be a little bit concerned. But if you've just got a bit of skin laxity, I mean, that is the main difference between a mini and a full tummy tuck, that a full tummy tuck will actually take all the skin from your belly button down to your pubic area and get that, you know, that will all go. And then the skin from your belly button up to your rib cage gets pulled down. So that then, yes, the answer is yes, you will see a, an improvement in the skin laxity of that skin from the belly button up to your rib cage because currently it's it's that it's it's taking up that much room when you have the tummy tuck it's taking that much room because you've removed that bit at the bottom so it stretches it down so it's an it's an indirect pull but if you have got if you've lost a lot of weight and you've got rolls underneath your breast then you might think oh would i need something else and then often that would be a reverse tummy tuck maybe not so much a fleur de lis fleur de lis is more for a side to side um, movement to to get the waist better to, to move it slides side to side. This is a problem with this star, stargazer. Everyone's got different opinions. And some people will say 360. Some people will say fleur de lis. Some people say full tummy tuck. There's no answers to it. They all offer, you know, I think you'll get a good, you know, you get a good result with all of them. Just, you know, there's a balance. Less skin removal, less scarring, less risks, um, but but less, less of a result sort of thing. So it's where the balance sits for you, really. Um but for me, the fleur de lis is good for the side-to-side -side thing, less so for the upper abdomen. But I do think you will get work on the upper abdomen from a full tummy tuck. Um, my surgeon in tummy, my surgeon in Turkey won't do mummy makeover. There you go. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe one of the big risks of particularly tummy tucks is DVT. So you don't really want to be flying around the time of a, a tummy tuck. Or it's a risk with any surgery. It's clots in your legs can fly off into your lungs. Probably the most significant complication you can have. And uh, it's a particular risk, as I say, after a tummy tuck. So flying with a, with a tummy tuck or a mummy makeover would be not advisable for, for some time. When I say some, could you probably pinch less than an inch? Um, I don't know. You mean afterwards, could you pinch less than an inch? I just, I guess it depends how much you can pinch now. I don't know. I've done it. I've not, I've not thought about it in pinch, inch pinches, in an inch pinch sort of way. Um, I don't know. Stargate, this is one of the limitations of this sort of thing. I think you need to see a surgeon and get an idea and look at some befores and afters and try and try and reconcile what might be right. Just leave it now. I'm still here, going to curl up in the corner and cry, but we'll be listening to JJ. What's wrong with leave it now? Just leave it now. Don't. Oh dear. Um, I saw. I saw someone went to Mexico and did arms, thighs, boobs, and tummy tuck all at once. Blimey. Well, there you go. Can be done then, can't it? Arms, thighs, boobs, and tummy tuck. Well, I wouldn't do that a little less, Natasha, but uh, obviously in Mexico they do. Good on them. All the best with that. Uh, Susie in the house. Hi, Susie. Lovely to see you. Uh, I mean, I can pinch less than an inch on my upper tummy, and they suggested an FDL. I've never had a BMI. Oh, sorry, a high BMI. Um, Stargazer, in that circumstance, I'm feeling, I'm feeling through the ether that you're not comfortable with a fleur de lis. So if you're not comfortable with a fleur de lis, or if you're not comfortable with what they've said, get another opinion. Get, get us. I mean, the problem often I know that people charge and stuff, but get another opinion. Um, see what other people say. 
I personally say, look, if I can't help you, if you don't feel comfortable with what I've said, or if I've said a fleur de or if I've said a full and you want a fleur de and I'm, I'll give you money back, consultation feedback, because I don't really make money for the consultations. I make money from the surgery. And I understand it's a big undertaking to uh, to do all these consultations. So so just, you know, get another opinion. If you're not comfortable with the fleur de for goodness sake, don't go down a fleur de route if you're not comfortable with it, because that is quite a big obvious scar up the middle. So you have to be okay with that scar. Because you might say, I don't like taking my, you know, exposing my abdomen at the moment, because we give you a big line up, you might not be comfortable with that. So I think surgeons, there are surgeons out there who have different views on fleur de I've got to be honest, I'm not a massive fan of fleur de personally. I don't like the scar, but I, I know I shouldn't impose my personal views on people, but that's where I am. I don't like that scar. And I think, you know, maybe a 360 is better or maybe just a full tummy tuck is better. But, you know, that's just be a little different. And if you've seen someone who's got good results with fleur de lis, then you might say, okay, maybe. But if you don't feel comfortable with it, go and see another. You know, if you haven't got a huge amount of skin on your upper abdomen, as I say, it's mainly the waist. It brings the waist in a flirt. It brings it through the side to side direction. The up down tightness comes from the the full tummy tuck side of thing, and the flirt lead does it in side to side. Uh, I can only imagine the recovery of four major surgeries at once. Must be so hard. Not all what I would want. I yeah, I, I, and I think that's a little bit reckless. I'll be honest, um, but that's just my view. But um, what Susie got? Just got back from a holiday and I wore a bikini for the first time in 20 years. Thanks to your fab work. Thank you so much. Thank you, Susie, for that lovely comment. That's very kind of you to say that. And I'm very, very pleased to hear that. So that's brilliant. Well done. So, oh, that's good. That's nice. Thank you, Susie. That's kind. Um, so um, I've got a question here. What is the difference between silicone and polyurethane implants? So, um, the main difference between breast implants in general is the coating, the outer coating. All, well, all breast uh, implants are silicone gel inside. So they've all got the same gel inside. Actually, they do make saline. So some are saline inside. We tend not to use the saline ones so much in this country. So, you know, the ones we use in country are, are all silicone gel inside, all of them. And the difference comes in the shell. So silicone implants have got a silicone shell. Polyurethane implants have got a silicone shell, but bonded to that silicone shell is a polyurethane foam, is a foam coating. And the difference is that foam is a very rough, gives a very rough surface. And the scar tissue, when, when you put it into the body, the scar tissue grows into the foam. And that means that when the scar tissue contracts, it contracts in all different directions rather than just forming a sheet around the implant because it breaks up the scar tissue. So it's much less likely to go hard. The ones without the foam, so silicone implants that don't have that foam coating, they do make them with a roughened surface, which is trying to be a bit like the polyurethane. That's called a textured silicone implant, um, but it's not quite as rough as the polyurethane. So that would be a textured silicone implant, which is similar to the polyurethane, but not quite as rough. But they make three types of textured, well, three types of silicone implants. The textured ones, which are rough, the completely smooth ones, which are completely glassy smooth, and ones which are in between, which are called micro textured, which are a little bit rough. And the rough ones are good, are better. So the polyurethane ones are good because they don't go hard. The textured ones go hard more often, but not as often as the micro textured. And then the smooth go hard quicker than the rest because they've just got a smooth coating. The 
reason that they all exist is because there's a, something called ALCL, which is a type of cancer associated with implants, and that is associated with the roughness of the implant. So you don't really get it. That's why the smooth ones have come back. So you don't really get it with the smooth ones. So the smoother the implant, the less likely to get cancer. The rougher the implant, the less likely to go hard. So there's four types, smooth, micro-textured, macro-textured, and then polyurethane foam ones getting increasingly rough. So that so the first three are silicone. The last one is polyurethane. Although, as I say, a polyurethane one has got a silicone one inside. It's just got a polyurethane um, coating. Um, nice feedback. Yeah, lovely feedback that was. Um, have been suggested I could be a candidate for a floating belly button TT because it's quite high up already. Have you any advice on these types of TTs where they leave the belly button alone? So um, thank you, Stargazer. So a floating belly button TT, they're talking probably about a mini tummy tuck because they feel that they probably can't get high enough to do a full tummy tuck. I find this a little bit odd. Were you, were you talking about Fleur de Lis a minute ago? Yeah, okay. So normally people who are candidates for Fleur de Lis have got a lot of skin excess. So they're not normally people who would have a mini tummy tuck. So it's a bit weird talking about Fleur de Lis in one minute and then talking about a floating belly button in the next minute because a floating belly button is basically a mini tummy tuck where we don't make a cut around the belly button where you just take a, a wadge of tissue from the lower abdomen um, and then you put it down. But you can transect the base of the belly button to float it so it doesn't get put because it gets quite pulled down so if you float it it can you can pull down more basically um but it does make your belly button sit lower but as you say yours is sitting high already um so uh any advice on these types of tummy tucks where you leave the belly button alone so yeah so i mean personally i don't really do the floating belly button thing i would do a mini tummy tuck but i wouldn't float the belly button obviously well not obviously if you have a a, a, a um a, if they float the belly button, you can't then go on and have a full tummy tuck because that belly button will be getting its blood supply from the skin. So you can't cut round it in a full tummy tuck. So that would negate you having a full tummy tuck in the future. You might say, well, look, I'm just having one tummy tuck in my life. I don't expect that another tummy tuck in the future. Um, or if you did have a full tummy tuck in the future, I guess they could just throw away the belly button and reconstruct it. Um, but that would be one issue. I'd be thinking, oh, if you're going to float it, then you can't have a full tummy tuck um but it's it's a thing yeah it's a thing it's it's a thing to make a full a mini tummy tuck to take more skin out but you've got to be careful it doesn't move down too low um but it's a thing i, I don't i don't have a huge experience of it stargazer because it's not really a technique that i have embraced floating the belly button just wondering have you seen any case of alcl yes i have i have seen one uh stargazer um quite a while ago i saw one pretty rare thing but yes i did see one not sure what happened to her. I referred it into the NHS, and um, but yeah, I did see one. It wasn't my patient; it was someone else's patient. She came with a, I don't think she came with a diagnosis. I think yeah, but anyway, it's a pretty rare thing. But yes, I have seen it. Uh, I had a mini, but was told after I'd need an FDL to address the upper laxity. So you had a mini. You've already had a mini, um, right? Yeah. Well, a mini would not address the upper laxity. Uh, a full would. Um, Fleurdely, I guess, would a bit, but as I say, Fleurdely, the main benefit in my eyes of Fleurdely is the side-to-side -side tightening of the of the of the uh, abdomen. But it is difficult when you see different people and get different advice. Have a belly button tattoo done. Okay, <laughs> what is ALCL? ALCL is um, 
anaplastic large cell lymphoma, is it? They often call it BIA, ALCL, breast implant associated, and I think it's anaplastic large cell lymphoma. But basically, it's a cancer associated associated with breast implants. It's a relatively new thing. Uh, it didn't exist a few years ago. Um, and if you'd said 10 years ago, can you get cancer with implants? I'd said, of course, you can't, but you can now. Uh, it's not breast cancer. It's a cancer of the capsule. It's very rare and uh, it's associated with the roughness of the implants. That's why the rougher the implant, the more risk of ALCL. But as I say, it's a very rare cancer and it is treatable. So by removing the capsule, you can treat it in 95% of cases. But still, um, it's something to be aware of. And it might be a reason for you not to have the rougher implants, either the polyurethane or the macro textured, where it's a higher risk. So you might want to go with a smoother implant, which have got a more of a risk of rippling, more of a risk of capsular contracture. So it's like balance of risks, really. So it's a discussion we have in the clinic with people having, having implants. Um, Helen, what you got? Hi, uh, hashtag ask JJ. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Hashtag ask JJ. Yeah. Well done, Helen. Hi, Jonathan. Will I get a better breast reduction result if I lose all surplus weight? Cheers, Helen. Yes. Um, and I know, I know what you're going to say. I know you're going to say, I'm going to be easier to lose a weight once I've had a breast reduction. And I completely understand that. And I accept that. But if you lose weight after a breast reduction, <coughs> two problems. Number one problem, it can have an unpredictable effect on the size of your breasts. Now, you might say, I don't care because I want them really small, but it, they might go smaller. They might not, but they might. But the main, the other, the other problem is that if you do lose volume in your breast, they might droop a bit. And part of a breast reduction is a, is a lift, is tightening the breast. So if you then lose volume afterwards, it might droop it. And I might have made, been able to make it tighter if you'd lost the weight first. So broadly speaking, when you're having any sort of body contouring surgery, anything where you change the shape of your body, ideally from a surgical point of view, you want to do that from a stable platform. So you want to be stable at your weight. You want to avoid weight fluctuations after surgery because they can have an unpredictable effect on the result of the surgery. Plus... The lower your weight, the less your risk of complications. Higher weight, higher the risk of complications. Wound healing problems, pneumonia, DVTs are all higher with a higher weight. So you're going to have less complications and you're going to get a better result if you can lose the weight first. So my advice to you, Helen, is yes, if you can lose the weight first, it's a once in a lifetime thing and you're going to get a better result if you can do that. So good luck with that. Thanks for asking the question. Uh, Stargazer, other than the obvious effect on aesthetic results, what are the risks of having a full tummy tuck prior to having babies? None. Zero. Nothing, Stargazer. I mean, other than the obvious aesthetic results. The risk, the problem with having a full tummy tuck prior to having a baby is that you are going to pay thousands of pounds to get your abdomens flat, and then you have a baby and you stretch that skin again. That's the problem. There's absolutely no problem with having a baby. The skin will stretch, no problem. It's like it's not. It's not like it's not going to stretch. It will stretch fine. So it's it's a purely a, a cosmetic issue that you're going to stretch the skin again. Apart from that, there's no problem with having a baby after a tummy tuck. Uh, was told I couldn't have a full tummy tuck because of my further plans for babies. Was told the belly button could cause problems with pregnancy. Opted for a mini, but now wish I could have had the full. The belly button could cause problems with pregnancy. Anyone know what she's on about? I don't know what you're on about, Stargazer. I don't know how the belly button would have a problem with pregnancy. It's difficult, isn't it, when you hear things and then you go and say someone else says yes, someone else says no. 
I've got to be honest with you, Stargate, it's not unusual in plastic surgery. Different people say different things. It doesn't necessarily mean that one person's wrong. We've all just got a different take and a different view on things. Um, I don't know. I don't know what, what problem pregnancy could have on the belly button. So that I would have said there's no problem with you having had a full tummy tuck. Although if you'd said to me, if you came for a full tummy tuck and you said, I'm going to have, I'm thinking of having babies, I would have probably said to you, why don't you just not have anything? Why don't you just leave it and finish your family? I think that is good advice, but I'm not sure if it's good advice to say have a mini. Um, umbilical cord is attached to the baby. Well, the, um, the umbilical cord is attached to the baby in your belly, but it's not attached to your your belly button so you can you can do stuff to your belly button i mean you're not doing the belly you're not doing the baby <laughs> you're not doing a tummy tuck on the baby i mean i think if you're doing a tummy tuck on the unborn baby you would want to leave the belly button alone because the umbilical cord is attached to the baby inside your belly but the what your belly button has done its thing it was attached to the baby at some point it what well, i mean it was attached to your mum at some point that's that served its purpose now so we can quite happily cut around your belly button cut your belly button off throw it in the bin etc etc and you can have babies fine so it's it's been it's the baby inside that will still have a belly button attached to the placenta which is in your uterus which will still be all okay so i, I can't i don't know i can't see why they would have said there's a problem having a full tummy tuck because of the belly button i mean there's i can't i can't see why but obviously they said it, so I don't know. Um, sorry, Stargazer. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate your. Um, I, I can. I can um, acknowledge your frustration of being told different things from different people. Um, but um, that's plastic surgery for you. It's a funny old world. Don't know how I ended up here. In this world, I'm in the world of plastic surgery. You know, it's a funny, funny business. Anyway, is what it is. Um, so I'm out. I'm declaring myself out. This has been a roller coaster, guys. Honestly, Instagram has been awesome. Late charge from Facebook. Susie gave me a lovely little note there. I'll cherish that, Susie. Highlight of my day that is. Um, actually, I went. I went for a cup of tea and a, and a and a roll with my daughter. That's the highlight of my day. But honestly, Susie second place highlight that is of my day you're up there top you're in the top two Susie of highlights of the day definitely definitely strong top two position Instagram still going thanks for your time I've requested a brochure and a quote tonight as I just found you look at you little less Natasha you go go girl you go you get that brochure and you yeah read it I wrote it Hope it's useful. Wow, JJ, time for a lie down. Well done, lots of nice questions. Thank you. Oh, tomorrow. Yes, I should say, um, I should say that, Khan, thank you. Thank you for your um, advice about Turkey. Thank God you're here, because this guy doesn't know that Turkey's not spoken, we're not supposed to go to Turkey. Um, so that is that was useful. Helen, thank you for chipping in. Weight loss, yes yes good luck on the weight loss i am on holiday for the next two weeks going to turkey to do some operating <laughs> see you there i'll see you there um sleeve it now um <laughs> no 
turkey to be <laughs> Take a week off, you know. Nip over to Turkey, do a few ops, earn a couple of thousand pounds. Yeah, why not? Sounds good. Uh, okay, anyway, I'm going on holiday for two weeks. Um, and so that means I'm back in three weeks. Yeah. So I will see you all then. But uh, yes, Corinne, I will have a lie down and I'm very much looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. And please, God, let the clinic run okay tomorrow because I'm operating in the morning. And that is a recipe for disaster. That is a recipe for an overrunning clinic right there, Corinne. I said it, I predicted it, but let's hope it runs on time. Um, but uh, that's the way they rolled it. They put them operating on a Wednesday morning, which is my clinic day. What are they playing at? Anyway, mustn't grumble, not grumbling. Grateful.